Good morning again, I'm Duncan, and I just want to address the elephant in the room to begin with, that surely Jesus can't heal like this. That even if Jesus is alive today, even if he's able to heal, surely the way that he's going to do it is not through a 31-year-old man in his living room in Manchester recording a pre-recorded message that you're now listening to through watching your TV screen or uh, perhaps sitting at your kitchen table with your laptop or on a phone or wherever you happen to find yourself today. To some extent or another, all of us are thinking that surely Jesus can't heal through this. Surely there are certain circumstances and, and a set of ways that have to, set of things that have to be in place for Jesus to heal. And this ain't it. Well, in a similar way, the man in our passage in the Bible today had a similar set of expectations that had to be in place for Jesus to be able to heal. We're going to be reading from John's Gospel, which is an account of Jesus' life, and we're looking in chapter 4 from verse 46. Let me read it out to you. The words will appear on the screen as well. So he came again, this is Jesus, so Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants came to meet him and told him that his son was recovering. He asked them the hour when he, got, he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. Here we meet one of the king's officials and he's a wealthy man, he's a rich man and his son is seriously ill. We learn in verse 47, he's at the point of death. And he comes to Jesus and he says to him, Jesus, will you heal my son? But that isn't all that he says to him. He says to Jesus, not just will you come and heal my son, but he says to him, will you come down and heal my son? Will you come to my house? Will you enter into my building and heal my son? And here we begin to see some of the, the framework of expectation that was working in this man's, man's mind as to how Jesus can heal. He was thinking, this man, he, he, he isn't a believer in Jesus. And he's thinking, okay, maybe Jesus can heal. But he's only going to heal if he's here, physically present, in my house. Only if he's in front of my boy, with my boy, able to touch my boy. That is the only way that Jesus is going to be able to heal. And so as he asks him, look, would you come? Jesus then replies in a way that does not satisfy him. Jesus says to him in verse 48, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. A fairly enigmatic statement from Jesus. And crucially, he doesn't start to move. He doesn't budge and start to make his way down to the official's house. 
And so the uh, official starting to get agitated then replies in verse 49, he says, Sir, come down before my child dies. He's raising the stakes. He's essentially saying to Jesus, look, stop talking weird philosophical nonsense and come down to my house. This is urgent. And again, we notice his emphasis on Jesus. You need to come. In order to be able to heal, you need to be in this place at this time in this way. And actually what Jesus is saying in verse 48 is he is confronting some of the limitations that he sees this man trying to place on him. He's saying that you are approaching me as though I am a man of limited power as if there are only certain circumstances and situations through which my power is able to work. He's saying, you think I have to be in the room with your son. And more than that, actually, Jesus is saying to him, you think that I have only come to this world in order to be a healer. But Jesus, in saying you are looking for signs, is pointing out, no, these healing miracles that I'm doing, they are just a a sign of who I am. And what I have come to do. But I love Jesus's response here. That as this man approaches him with very limited, a very limited understanding and idea of who Jesus is and what he's able to do, Jesus doesn't just send him packing. Now Jesus's response is, you have a limited understanding and expectation of me and so I want to help you see who I really am. I want to go far beyond and far surpass your expectations of me and I want to meet your needs in a way that you never thought possible so that you can start to believe who I am. See, Jesus doesn't condemn us or rebuke us as we come to him with our limited understanding and our limited expectation of him. He doesn't send us away and say, look, come back when you've got a bigger expectation of who I am. No, 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 that's not his way at all. We, what we see here is we do not need to fully understand Jesus in order to receive from him. And actually much more than that, because we see in verse 53, right at the end of the passage, after the healing miracle, that the man believed, came to belief. And so when he first approaches Jesus, when he first comes to him, he doesn't even believe in Jesus and who he is. And so we see that Jesus welcomes us not only in our limited expectations, but he welcomes us even if we're full of unbelief. He welcomes us if we are thinking, look, surely Jesus can't heal me as I sit here in my living room with this knee injury that I've had for months and months. Surely Jesus can't work. He welcomes us in our limited expectation where we think, well, I believe that God could heal Cheryl's brain tumour, but I don't believe that he could heal my migraines. He welcomes us even if we are in a place of thinking, I don't even think I believe in Jesus at all. And to be honest, I don't even really know why I'm watching this. And it is in limited expectations, it's in unbelief, that Jesus then works in extraordinary power. This boy is about to die. And he is at a distance that is about 20 miles away. 
There are severe limitations to surely Jesus can't heal in this. Jesus is nowhere near the scene. And humanly speaking, he he hasn't given any information about what is going on in this young boy's life. He's not able to look him in the eyes, not able to take diagnostic readings, not able to get a sense of what's going on so that he knows how to heal. And yet what he says is, your son will live. He just speaks, just declares authoritatively and definitively. And then we learn that as as he speaks and the official starts to make his way back, the servants start to rush from the boy's bed, having clearly seen that change has started to happen, that this fever has just left in a moment. And so they run and they meet on the way and they have a conversation and they calculate that as soon as Jesus spoke those words, the fever went. He just spoke words from a distance. And complete healing came over this young child. Words of extraordinary power and words that cut through and cut across all of the obstacles and all of the limited expectations that we might have. In a similar way, you think this this is a knee condition that Megan's had from birth and her her kneecaps are in completely the wrong place and this condition's only getting worse. Yet Jesus' words cut through it all. But she won't be able to conceive and have a child and there's going to be complications with the birth and with the labour and she's going to lose her eyesight. Yet Jesus' words of power cut through it all. Jesus is not limited by what we might think is possible. He's not limited by ways that we think he might be able to work in his power. And although we are separated by distance this morning, just as they are in this passage, Jesus's words of power were able to cover that distance and cut through all of the obstacles that there were. And they found that boy lying on his bed, they came to him and they brought about complete healing and complete restoration. That whatever condition you find yourself in today, whatever hurts, whatever thingy you've had since birth, Jesus' words of power are able to cut through the distance that we have and come to you and bring about healing. And even though as we we pray in a moment for healing to come and we believe for it, we're reminded by Jesus here that what we are praying for today are signs, a sign of what he's got planned for his people in the long run. He's In calling it a sign, he's reminding us that seeking after healthy bodies today is not the end goal that he has for us. The end goal that he has planned for us, where he is leading us towards, is an eternal future where our bodies won't just be made healthy for a little bit, but where we will receive eternal bodies and we will be brought into a realm where there is no pain, no sickness, no decay, no disease, no tears for anybody ever. He wants to remind us that these are signs pointing towards 
the better future that he has for us. And why this is important for us to know, why this is important for us to grasp, is that what it means is that while we expect for, believe, pray for and have faith for healings today, they are not the thing that we are putting all of our hope in. Whether or not we are healed today, we can still leave here with an unshakable hope. What this means is that we may be healed today or we may not, but regardless, we can know our future still rests in him. We are one day going to be brought into a place where our bodies are fully restored, fully healed, and we will be with him forever and ever, never to get sick again. And so we pray now for healing because in his goodness and his sheer unending kindness towards us, he has made a way for us to get little glimpses, little tastes, little signs of this kingdom, this future that is coming. That we can enjoy some outbreaks of that goodness now here on earth. And so we pray for it so that we might receive some of that goodness and so that we might be encouraged and reminded his future really is coming. And so we're going to pray once again now. And just as before, uh, it's going to be straightforward. It's going to be short. I'm going to talk us through it as we go. And again, this is for you, whatever situation you find yourself in, whether you're, you're, you're long term sick, whether you've just got a bit of a niggle, whether it's a sporting thing, something that came on by itself. We want to pray for healing for you this morning. And I want to make an opportunity for you to be prayed for in a minute. But before that, I want to invite all of us to pray, to engage and just say, Jesus, we want you to come and bring healing amongst us this morning. So wherever you are, wherever you're watching this, let's pray now. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the God who heals that your words have power and authority to cut through all of the limitations that we might put on you and all of the obstacles that we might think are there. That your words are so powerful that they cover distance and they cut through all, all of the, the challenges that we might think exist. And so we pray now, Lord Jesus, would you bring about healing for people who are watching today? I pray that you would be working to, to bring about a restoration in people's bodies, that different people watching today would finish this meeting with a changed body, relieved from pain and sickness and disease that they had. Amen.